CPA and CFP Don Cash has made it his life's work to help people like you plan their finances and achieve their retirement goals. It's time for your money and your life. Welcome into another edition of Your Money and Your Life with Don Cash, CPA and CFP at Donald W. Cash and Associates. Back with me once again to talk about investing, finance, retirement, and health span versus lifespan is going to be the conversation we're going to get into this week here on the show because uh, it's over. Although that's a weird transition because I'm not, not, not meaning your life, but I just mean summer. <laughs> summer, yeah. is over. Uh, summer is over. Summer uh, is over. Technically, I suppose, season of the book, Don, you and I were just chatting about, uh, you know, Labor Day, like public uh, community pools. They're like, nope, we're closed. You know, it's Labor Day, even though right now when you and I are talking, it's 98 uh, out degrees outside. So uh, it's pretty toasty. What's going on, brother? Yeah, it is blazing hot right here. I'm, I'm sure it is where you are, too. You said yes, it was sir. 90. I think it's like 94. 98. It's the hottest week of yeah. the year of the summer, I yeah. should say. And the pool's the closed. <laughs> yeah, the pool's closed, right? But I'll tell you what. Here's the saving grace. I yeah. live near the beach here in New Jersey. And we have something something called local summer, mm-hmm. right? And it starts the day after Labor Day. So it was yesterday. Okay. And it lasts as long as the weather's warm, typically all of September. The beaches are free of charge. And, of course, in New Jersey, we have to pay for our beaches. Uh, crazy, right? Yeah, we pay their daily or annual fee. Right. Uh, so after Labor Day, we have the beaches are free. The crowds are much lower since you know people who travel here from New York City and North Jersey are back at work and back at school. So yeah. We have our local summer here in, in this part of New Jersey. Yeah, same thing here. Outer Banks, things of that nature, right? Same kind of thing. They look for, they love, obviously, these places like the Outer Banks is uh, heavily, heavily reliant on tourists during the season, right? For a lot of their income throughout the year, but they certainly do love it when the local summer kicks back in and everybody's left because the traffic is not nearly as brutal uh, on mm-hmm. that one stretch of road on the Outer Banks. So, uh, definitely the case. And, you know, it's September. It's not late September at the time we're doing this, but I feel like I got a steal from the Rod Stewart Classic. It's late September and I really should be back in school. That's Maggie May for you. Because uh, kids are back in school, to your point. And I guess your kids are back then, right? Yeah, actually, they just started back today. It's, oh, uh, good timing. It's interesting you bring that up. But yeah, my daughter is a junior in high school starting today. And my son's in college. Uh oh. Strangely, I always get a little melancholy mark the day after Labor Day when school starts. And mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense, right? You know, I haven't been in school in years and years, but I just feel a tinge of sadness. When summer ends, and my wife Kathy said she feels the same way on January second, when the holidays are over, <laughs> right. and it gets that you know you have the feeling that back to work, you know, back to school, and in yeah. January I think it's even worse because it back into the long dark days of winter. True. That, you know, how do you feel? Do you feel that way too? Uh, you know, I think it's interesting. My wife is definitely the same as yours. She definitely kind of gets kind of when when Christmas is over. And that, I think for me, I don't necessarily get too down when summer's over because it does get so hot. I think I get a little bummed when spring transitions to summer because I, I get a lot done during the spring when the temperatures are a lot more manageable, at least outside anyway. So I think maybe spring's probably my favorite. I'm not sure. You know, everybody's different, right? Everybody likes different yep. seasons. So uh, on the last show, though, I want to get back into our conversation here, uh, as we usually do about finance and stuff. On the last show, we talked about inflation, Don, and, and Social Security changes. We're all familiar with the term lifespan uh, and the concern that inflation and Social Security changes can have on a longer life. So longevity risk is a conversation piece we've had before as well, and it's a big topic there. Today, we're going to talk about that health span and how that affects our life and what we need to think about as we live longer, you know, in in a healthier retirement. That's the one thing I will say 
all that growing up, you'd hear like 50s, the new 40, 60s, the new 50. That's really kind of true. Like I'm 52 and we were watching some Golden Girls the other day, Don, and they were in their 50s. And I'm like, I'm not nearly as old as they were. <laughs> yeah, I had the same phenomena. We'll talk about that with a a video. We, we uh, were watching our old wedding videos mm-hmm. uh, over the weekend. We, we had that same uh, kind of reaction to you know people in the videos, but I, I kind of like the that term health span. It's not something that people have thought too much about. Right? Okay. We're all familiar with the term lifespan, sure. like you mentioned, yeah. but not not health span. Well, you know, it's it's unlikely that everyone would agree on a, a single definition of what that is. I mean, one common definition, according to the government, National Institute of Health, is that health span is that period of life spent in good health free from chronic diseases and disability of aging. So particularly that period of good health in retirement. Okay. Well, I can see where that definition could get a little, I guess, wonky and hard to hard, uh, nail down as somebody, again, I'm 52 and I like I, I think I look better and feel better than uh, what I would have considered my, my dad to be when he was 52, even though I have a lot of uh, chronic health issues. But after all, you know, how many people are free from chronic disease right now I don't know, maybe not that many. I mean, high blood pressure, for example. There's just a lot of stuff out there that can be going on. So I guess maybe is this more of a uh, reflective uh, reflective of lifestyle, maybe? Yeah, I, I I agree. I mean, high blood pressure or high cholesterol, it's not going to affect your lifestyle very much, right? But, you know, if it's something like pulmonary disease or arthritis or heart disease, right. that that's going to affect your life and kind of how do you live day to day. Yeah. I mean, I'm as a heart disease, uh, as a person dealing with that, had open heart surgery, all that kind of stuff, it certainly can be a piece of it, uh, of my daily activities and how things are, you know, your intake and so on and so forth. But let's circle back to the issue of lifespan for just a moment. What exactly is the average lifespan today? Uh, and how does that compare with a generation or two ago? Because I know they do these mortality tables and things like that. Yeah, it's a great question. I think there's a lot of misinformation about this particular issue, Mark. Mm-hmm. If you Google what's the average lifespan for a man and woman in America today, the answer is about 79 for a woman, about 73 for a man. Really? Right? I thought it was higher than that. Yeah, it's actually dropped for the first time in 25 years by one year. Maybe I wonder if they're going to add social media to the as, as to the uh, to the reason for that because for creating too much stress. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, so there's a lot of stress when it goes into it. Uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's pandemic related. Maybe it's a different another different things. You know, but where's the disinformation coming from? Where's the disconnect? Where people get a little off with those numbers, Mark, is the life expectancy that you hear that age 79 or 73. Mm-hmm. That's life expectancy from birth, the okay. United States. Okay. So people have to ask themselves the question, if they're age 50 or 60, what's the life expectancy from my age going forward, right? So a 60-year-old man is expected to live to age 82. Okay. And a 60-year-old woman to about age 85. Yeah, there we go. That makes sense because I definitely have heard those numbers, like the 82 and the 85. So when you said the other numbers in the 70s, that's why it kind of caught me off guard. But So kind of getting to a certain milestone, your likelihood of getting to the next milestone becomes increased. So 50 or 60, you know, you've passed a lot of those, again, those, uh, I guess, critical points <laughs> that you might that might take you out, you know, that uh, being young and dumb, so to speak, uh, or whatever the case might be, car accidents, childhood disease, so on and so forth, right? So the diseases that cause death today are clearly much different than they were years ago. Yeah, I think you're, you're correct. I mean, in terms of 
the disease that affect young people, you're past that. I mean, you're not going to be drinking and driving like you, young people well, do. Hopefully, have accidents. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. Hopefully. But going back to the diseases from the past, I mean, you're absolutely right. If you look at the diseases that people died from, let's say in the prior, the turn of the prior century, 1900, right? The top diseases were pneumonia, tuberculosis, and stomach infections, right? When you mm. think about that, I mean, most of these are easily treated or really rare today. The average lifespan at birth in 1900 was 47 years old. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of stands way out, sure, right? Sure, Compared yeah. to, uh, you know, the age 77, 79 at birth, right? So here's a question. What do you think is the leading causes of death today? Uh, it's got to be cancer. It's got to be number one. I think the different kinds of it's probably cancer. Of course, although heart disease usually, they probably trade off one and two. Cancer, heart disease, um, my guess Maybe, maybe Parkinson's or Alzheimer's, maybe? Yeah, the, those are the, actually, those are the top. Actually, nice. I think, I just read this. I looked this up before the show. Cancer, heart disease, number two. You're not going to believe what number three is, hmm. right? Medical errors. <laughs> That's a little scary. That's a lot scary. Yeah. So, Ugh. But, you know, you I got to look into exactly what that is, medical errors. So yeah. it could be like um, prescribing the wrong drug or something like that yeah, when you're in the hospital, be. right? Yeah. But, you know, these are diseases that, that are really, except for the medical errors, the cancer and heart disease, Alzheimer's, all diseases of aging, mm, right? Yeah. And, and many of them, except for Alzheimer's, uh, for sure. Many of them are treatable. Yeah. I mean, we definitely treat cancer. Obviously, the, usually the end result is is still not uh, ideal, but some, I mean, many people do beat it, right? Or at least for right. a number of years. So uh, how does the lifespan relate to what we spend on healthcare, especially here in the U.S.? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Getting back to the cancer. I mean, most of them are very treatable. I shouldn't say they're, they're becoming more and more common. Right. Uh, some of them are, are more difficult to deal with, like pancreatic exactly. cancer. Exactly. Yeah, it depends cancer, on the kind. Things mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. But whether it's skin cancer or breast cancer, those are prostate cancer, very, very treatable and very high success rates in those. So in terms of the lifespan and what we spend money on in the United States, what's ironic is that we're number one in the world in health spending. We're number right? one. <laughs> number one, but number 47 in life expectancy. Oh, wow. There's not a shock. I think our, yeah, that, I, bet, I bet our diet is certainly tied to that one. But anyway. Yeah. Think about that. Number one in, in spending, number 47. Hong Kong is number one in life expectancy with the average age at birth at 83. Mm. Right? Mm -hmm. In fact, the, the people that live the longest are really in the developed part of Asia, like Japan, Singapore, South Korea. They all have a life expectancy at birth over 80. Nice. But we spend over $4 trillion a year in healthcare. <sighs> Jeez. Right? Think about that. But $13,000 per person, by far the most of any country in the world. It just doesn't seem like we get them the most bang for the buck, right, when you look yeah, at the list. That's for sure. Yeah, when you think about it, the, the issue of health span is very closely related to lifespan. The healthier you are, maybe the longer that you're living. I mean, think about some of those uh, those Asian countries there. Uh, their dietary, you know, their diet's definitely a lot different than ours, right? We got a lot more uh, fatty, you know, fried, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but what about from a financial standpoint? That, that, that means you're going to need more money. I mean, it's just, especially clearly in our country, right, where, uh, if things are just out of control. Well, I guess the whole world's experiencing inflation, but still, you know, you're going to need more to 
go through the different phases, right? The go-go years, the slow-go years, the no-go years. Uh, and the goal, I think, for most people, Don, is to maximize the go-go's because you want to, you know, you want to party, you want to have fun, you want to do all the things in retirement that you've been looking forward to and try to minimize the no-go's. Yeah, that's a great point. And, uh, you know, getting back to what we talk about, this, the go-go years where you're active, slow-go, where things slow down and no-go's usually very late in life, mm-hmm. you want to you know, minimize that and maximize the go-go. Right, right? Yeah. But one thing to keep in mind that we, we mentioned that the average 60-year-old man and women will live to be 82 and 85. Okay. However, something when you kind of dig in into the numbers and, and look deeper, if you keep yourself physically and financially fit, the average lifespan is actually five or years or more longer. Hmm. So simple things like don't smoke, limit alcohol, maintain you know lower weight, walk daily. These things go a long way. Now you're pushing the life expectancy up to like ninety years old or more. Hmm. Yeah, double edged sword. You know, you have more go go years and more health span, but you also run at greater risk of running out of money. So that's where that longevity risk that I mentioned a little while ago comes into play. No, absolutely true. And and from a financial standpoint, right, we need a plan in place, right, so we could live, grow, protect, and provide. You know, what I mean by that is live, meaning live your life to fulfill your purpose and your goals and enjoy your relationships with your family. Mm-hmm. Grow. Your money's got to grow to deal with, as you mentioned, inflation and longevity. Right. Protect. You have to protect yourself and your family from risks like health care and long-term care and taxes. We've talked about that in the past. And provide is really just giving, giving to the family, giving to charities. People who are in need now while you're in live, and you, and you can really enjoy the fruits of, of that giving. Yeah, you could, could could say live, grow, protect, and give, right? Yep. Uh, so, yeah. So how do we maximize, then, Don, our, our health span? You know, when it comes to that issue, uh, most people I find, myself included, of course, uh, we don't have a, a knowledge problem, Mark, but really an implementation problem. <laughs> big, big time. You're talking to a guy who can't say no to certain things that, uh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, if you look at the things that you need to stay fit, I mean, I think we all pretty much know what to do, right? Reduce calories, move more, exercise, get good sleep, reduce stress. Uh, we talk about this a lot. Unplug from the media, mm-hmm. right? TV, cell phones, screen time. Uh, develop more relationship time with friends and friends and family. Things like that. So it's really an implementation issue, not a knowledge issue. I mean, I definitely agree, but it's so much easier said than done. I mean, every time I see my doctor, he's like, "Doing great, you know." I just need you to cut down on this on the soda, and I'm like, "Look, I got one vice, dude. I don't drink, <laughs> I don't smoke, I don't take any kind of drugs other than the stuff you prescribe me. Uh, but uh, leave my drink, my soda alone. Like that's the one thing I have. So people, you know, we sometimes we feel like we have to cling to something, right? Kind of gives us a, a sanity check, if you will." Yeah, I, you know, I agree. I think we all need certain distractions and mild vices. Mild vices, yes. Yes, Yes, something, a distraction could be like watching the ball game, right? It's not something that's productive, but it's a mild distraction. And a mild vice might be drinking coffee or having 
having a piece of cheesecake once in a while. You can't be too austere, right? You have to enjoy well, your life. Yeah, it's a quality versus quantity, right? I don't want to live to 105 if I'm miserable the whole time, right? So you want to yeah. enjoy it kind of conversation. Yeah, I was talking to a friend of mine who was you know, into this a lot of health food to the extreme. Mm-hmm. Like drinking these disgusting shakes. Oh yeah, like the green looking algae water stuff. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I said to him, Marty, if you don't live longer, it's gonna seem longer. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. So Hey, you, you know, know what? Betty Betty White, you know, she lived in ninety nine. We all know that famously, right? And she said she loved her reds hot red hot dogs and I think it was scotch or vodka, one of the two. And she had one each day, just about. So you never know. And good genetics go a long way as well, right? And it's said in life, right, you can either live too long, right, die too young, Mm -hmm. or something is going to happen in between. Yeah. I think most of us fall on the in-between stage, but yeah. Yeah, most of us do. I mean, you mentioned Betty White uh, being 99, and uh, last month, one of our clients died at 102. Wow. And his wife was uh, died a couple of years ago at 97. Wow. So, I mean, of course, all deaths are sad, but when someone dies young, that's a tragedy. Oh, yeah, definitely. Right. And I think of my own family. My mom died at 53. Mm-hmm. Uh, my grandparents were 96 and 93, and they got sick and ran out of money. And my dad was 80, but he needed 15 years of long term care starting at 65. So, when it comes to living too long, dying too young, or something happening in between, my family's experience fits that axiom absolutely perfectly. Yeah. No, I'm with you. My older brother passed away at 57, and I'm turning 52 in a week, and I think about that all the time, right? So it's certainly something that can, that can weigh on us. But let's get into the implementation and, and intention uh, issues. Any specifics? Yeah. I mean, I think it, all progress starts with the truth and where we are in life, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I think when it's with a situation like your your brother or my mom, you, you know, you get like very sober. Sure. Right? Yeah. And um, you start thinking about these things more often, kind of where you are in life. And I mentioned before about uh, watching old videos over the Labor Day weekend, mm-hmm. right? We watched um, one of the uh, the things that my daughter did. She digitized our old films. Do you ever hear of this thing called Legacy Box? Yeah. Where you, they, you know you send in your videos and your uh, SD cards and they digitize everything. Yeah, they convert it. Yeah. Yep. So we took time to watch our our uh, my wife's and mine wedding video, and Kathy and I were married thirty years ago this July. So when we saw all the friends in the video and we're in our early and mid twenties, along with our parents who were in their fifties and sixties back then, we noticed that most of those people who were there, you know, who were over fifty. Uh, and they were in their 60s have died mm-hmm. who were in that video and and all, all, all of us are over 50 so right it really puts things in perspective and you and if you look at one of those hourglasses right and, and you know those hourglasses that you can flip around and you relate that to time for most of us there's more sand on the bottom of the hourglass. Yeah, very true. And like I said, you also, I mean, I think about my dad and he passed away at 62. And I think about how I, as a teen, because I was a teenager when he was in his 50s and I looked at him and he's just like, looked like an old man, right? Versus me at 52. 
you know, I've got a full head of hair and it's still mostly black. And, you know, so it's like we look completely different from that respect. And, you know, is that a product of time and uh, just the way the world goes or, or what? Right. So a lot of those things kind of certainly change that perspective as well. And and unfortunately, whatever side you find yourself falling on the, the COVID argument of whatever that might be, you still got to put that into perspective, too, whether it's the loss of time. I mean, sometimes you'll have that conversation, Don, where you're like, oh, yeah, we just did this thing three years ago and somebody will go, no, COVID was three years ago. So you did this thing five years ago or, or whatever it is, right? You still got to factor that in positive, negative, whatever. Yeah. I think whether it's time or health or the idea that, Hey, I mean, life is short. I mean, missing out, right. Not traveling, whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Traveling, not seeing your family, not seeing your friends, not doing the things. And, And the reality is, you know, we're a million people that passed away. So, um, I think that, you know, it, it puts um, mortality in to the front of your mind more, right? Sure. And the value of time and the value of relationships. So personally, I'm happy to see so many of our clients and family and friends traveling again, resuming activities. We have a lot of clients right now that are in Europe. Uh, they're traveling to Asia. They're traveling to uh, Israel. They're doing all the things that they, you know, they kind of wanted to do over the years. Sure. And good. Uh, the more you can expand those go-go years and compress the slow-go and no-go years, the more you can enjoy your health and spend money and time on the things you really enjoy. And once we put in a a plan in place for our clients, you know what? I, I spend a lot of my time really kind of encouraging them to get active, to travel, to spend money, and to do it now because eventually you're going to hit those slow go and no go years and and you can't wait until the door closes and it's too late. Yeah. The irony is that in every stage of life, right, you're going to need to have a plan uh, of for your money and to fund what you're spending on. And we think about when we first get married and then we're budgeting and then we're kids and so on and so forth, right? So in those go-go years, it might be those travels and activities and uh, and time visiting friends and family and recreation. And like I said I, earlier, I said, called it partying, right? Retirement party. Uh, and the slow-go years, maybe there's going to be a little less there. Maybe dealing with less income and one of the spouses passing away, right? So often it's us, us guys that go first. Uh, and then in the no-go years, obviously going to probably spend more on healthcare. My mom Mom's 82. That's certainly the thing where, you know, the avenue she's in now. Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Once you're at those latter years, I mean, the, the spending is shifting, but it gets back to having a, a vision, right? If you're in the go-go years, mm-hmm. even before that, getting a vision for your life and a plan to, as I mentioned, live, grow, protect, and provide for your family. And if you have, if you plan well for tomorrow, you can live well today. And keep a focus on your health and your relationships. Well, as always, folks, again, if you've got some questions, if you need some help, if you've been procrastinating or whatever the case might be, or maybe you're already working with Don, but you know someone, a, a family or friend, you know, who could benefit from the uh, podcast and the message, uh, certainly share the show with them. Let them know to reach out to Don if you've got those questions, need help. You can always get a complimentary consultation with him and have a chat about the uh, things that are on top of mind that you need to work through by reaching out to him at his main website at Donald Cash 
donaldcash.com. That's donaldcash.com. You can also just call 800-664-1183, 800-664-1183, or just stop by again the website at donaldcash.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast uh, if you enjoy the content. And again, share this with uh, share it with others who might enjoy it as well. Your Money and Your Life is the name. Just type that into the search box of whatever app you like using, like Apple Podcasts or uh, Spotify, for example. And if not, you can find it all on his website, donaldcash.com. All right, my friend, thanks for hanging out and uh, enjoy uh, the uh, the local summer, as you called it, and uh, the last remaining maybe mega hot days. Thanks, Mark. You too. I'll see you next time here on the podcast with Don Cash. This has been Your Money and Your Life. Investment advisory services offered through Donald W. Cash & Associates, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of New Jersey.